Dummies, episode 93. I'm your host, Tim, and with me, as always, is no one this week. I'm all alone this week. Yep, unfortunately, she's she's had to go to work this week. Let me tell you a little story about Joyce's work. She works at a bar, and her boss is a bit of a dick. He, uh, he gives her shifts uh, at really fucking awkward times. He'll, he'll, he'll tell her that she has a shift tomorrow. Um, spare of the moment, doesn't matter if she has plans or anything like that. So, usually, I come second fiddle to her work, which is fair enough. I mean, she's making money and all that stuff. She's she's doing good for the family, but it's fucking annoying when you have plans and then she comes home and says, oh, I have to work now. So, getting an episode out this week was going to be a difficult one, but I didn't want to not put an episode out. So, I had the ultimatum. Do I put an episode out where it's just me or just leave it and uh, have a week off. But no, I'm a fighter, I'm a trooper, and I thought, fuck it. It's probably best you get an episode, even if it's just me, then not release one. So here I am. Here I am by my lonesome, talking to myself. I'm in my I'm in my room right now, my uh, my bedroom right now. I've got the kids outside watching watching movies while the wife's at work, and uh, I'm talking to myself, which is a lot of fun. But still, we're here for another episode. And if you remember correctly, last week I did say that we were going to be talking about the top ten '90s horror films. Um, and that's in our opinion. And yes, we're still going to be doing that, but it's a little hard to make to, to, to really talk about a list by yourself. Um, and it's kind of boring, to be honest. You know, you want that rebuttal. You want that someone there to to back up with what you're saying or disagree with what you're saying. And, oh, I think this should be number one. No, I think that should be number one. Blah, 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 blah. So it's kind of boring if it's just me telling you what my top 10 favorite 90s films are. So I thought I would, um, we, we will do that. We will do that, but that won't be the main focus of the show. Now, the main focus of the show is I went and saw It Chapter 2 last night. So I thought, fuck it, why not talk about my experiences with the newest killer clown film, It. Um, so that's going to be the main focus of this film. We're going to be talking about It Chapter 2 in spoiler-free, and we're also going to dive into spoilers as well. But I will let you know when uh, when spoiler uh, talk is coming, so nothing will be spoiled unless you want it to be. Uh, but we have the usual show with us this week. We have the uh, the horrors and the newses and the and the madness franchise fights that we're continuing. 
Uh, so why don't we just kick it off into what horrors have I done this week? What horrors have you done? I've actually gotten to check out a lot of things this week, so might spend a little time on this segment. The first thing that I want to talk about is a movie that's been released called Witches in the Woods. And this one caught my eye because it has a pretty decent picture. Uh, a cool poster. It's basically a crow sitting on the uh, sitting on a piece of wood and inside the crow is all the characters and it just looks cool. I like crows. Crows are cool birds. Uh, this one let me let me let me talk about the the plot here. Um, because that will I guess get you interested or maybe not. So the plot is a group of students head off for a snowboarding adventure on an untouched piece of land when their SUV mysteriously stalls in a brutal stem brutal snowstorm. They're not only faced with the reality of freezing to death, but a fate even more horrifying, for they have become stranded in the Stoughton Valley, home of some witch trials even more horrendous than Salem, and are being hunted by a supernatural creature determined to keep them there. That plot sounds fucking awesome. The movie's not. The movie is very boring. Let's just say that. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fucking spoil it for you. This movie is called Witches in the Woods. There is not a witch in this movie. There is not a creature in this movie. You know, the plot says there's a creature lurking and all that stuff. There's no fucking creature. What the fuck is this movie on about? This movie is very, very slow. Now I'll admit that it's not a not the worst movie I've ever seen. There is some really cool shots in this movie. One of a crow that blew me away. I was thinking, fuck, that's a really, really cool shot. And the setting. This is set in um, in the woods during winter. So the snow and everything like that. And I really enjoy that type of setting. I mean, um, off the top of my head, Misery had that, had that familiar setting. Um, but I really enjoy the, the woods in winter type setting as for everything else eh, eh, I could I really could care less this movie just it dragged on but I stuck with it because hey maybe there's a twist at the end that all explains what's happening but not really you know nothing really happened at the end that made me think otherwise this movie was just boring I was bored during the entire duration and it's not really a long movie. I mean, it only go, it's only an hour and a half, 90 minutes long, but it feels a lot longer. So should you watch Witches in the Woods? No, I say skip it. Don't be fooled by the cool poster art that, uh, that fooled me into watching it. Yeah, this one, uh, I gave it a four out of 10. Uh, the next one, I'm going to be talking about a couple of movies from the nineties doing this, uh, top 10 90s films. I, I, I came upon a few films that I thought could have made the list, but I've never seen them. So the first one that I checked out was Cube from 1997. This one is streaming on Netflix, and I guess I can call it the uh, the Netflix pick of the week, as we like to do here. This one is a pretty decent film. I had fun with it. There is a lot of uh, effects 
gore effects that were done well. A kind of puzzle type film, um, but the the plot. If you've never seen Cube, um, the plot is. Seven strangers are taken out of their daily lives and placed mysteriously in a deadly cube where they all agree they must find their way out. And it's basically we're just following these survivors trying to figure out how the fuck they're going to get out of this massive cube that, um, yeah. It's, it's, um, how to explain it? Kind of like Saw, Saw uh, 2, I think it is, when they're in the house and all that stuff. Similar to, to that kind of premise where a group of survivors have to have to uh, help each other to survive. But um, this is a very intellectual film because there are a lot of mathematical equations that happen that had me lost. I'm not a smart man. I'll come out straight and say that. But... Um, but this film held my attention. I had fun watching it, and I'm curious now to watch the sequels. Apparently, this has a few sequels, and I'm now kind of interested to see them. This is a very 90s film, though. I will say that. You can you can tell when a film is from the 90s. You know, it has that, that uh, gloss, I guess I can say, that goes over it, that just... That just looks 90s. So, yeah, still, it's a decent film. It's on Netflix now. I say go give it a watch. I gave it a 6 out of 10. It's not perfect, but it's still a, it's still a fun little film. Uh, another 90s film that I decided to re-watch was Lake Placid. I haven't seen Lake Placid for God knows how long. I couldn't even tell you the last time I sat down and watched Lake Placid. And, um, and I won't even get started on the sequels there. I, I tried with, with Lake Placid 2. I got, I don't know. I got until I saw the crocodile and that's when I turned it off. I can't do those bad effect Sharknado type films. They're just, they're just not for me. Lake Placid is not one of those films though. It's actually pretty decent. So if you have not heard of Lake Placid, the plot is when a man is eaten alive by an unknown creature, the local game warden teams up with a paleontologist from New York to find the beast. Add to the mix an eccentric philanthropist with a with a with a boner for crocs, and here we go. This quiet remote lake is suddenly the focus of an intense search for a crocodile with a taste for live animals and people. Um This movie holds up pretty good. Stan Winston, as soon as I saw the name Stan Winston does the creature effects, I was sold. Yes, this is going to be a good movie, and I had a lot of fun re-watching this movie. Directed by Steve Miner, who did uh, some of the earlier Friday the 13th films. This one is a, is a lot of fun. It's, it's, a, it's a simple plot. You know what, you, you know what you're going to get. It's an it's a animal attack type film. There are some cool effects. The croc looks great. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna straight out say it. The croc looks really, really good, especially for a movie that's now 20 years old. The clock will, the croc looks real. Um, I, I, I say give this, give this a go. If you haven't seen Lake Placid, give it a go. And if you're, if you're, if you're that type of person that that is like me, loves these animal attack horror films, this one is worth your, worth your, worth a watch. I gave it eight out of ten. So. Go and check it out. Alright, 
let's talk about a new film that has uh, that has come out. Another new film. This one was was in the cinemas. I know in the states. I know it was in the cinemas in the states. Uh, it has not reached here in Australia, um, but that one is called The Dead Don't Die. Now, this one was talked about uh, a lot because of of the people who star in this film. Um, let me just go down the list of, of who's in this film. I mean, you have Bill Murray, who everyone knows Bill Murray, Ghostbusters, Adam Driver, uh, Tilda Swinton, Chloe Savini, uh, Selena Gomez, Tom Waits, Steve Buscemi, Danny Glover. It, it has a lot of people. Um, Iggy Pop is in it. Uh, Rizza from I think he's from some rap group. I can't remember exactly, but whatever. Um, Larry Fessenden, who I always love seeing him in movies. This has a pretty big cast. Um, so that I think that's why most people were caught on to this movie because of its cast the plot is in a small peaceful town zombies suddenly rise to terrorize the town now three police officers and a strange scottish morgue expert must band together to defeat the undead i heard so much so many different opinions of this film some people really enjoyed it some people thought it was crap so I went in, I went in optimistic, I guess. I, I, I wanted to like this movie. Um, the one thing that I did notice before watching the movie is the poster art of this movie is complete trash. I fucking hate this poster art. It looks like someone's typed in zombies in Google Images and, and found like the first picture of a hand coming up from the ground and just written in in text, the dead don't die. And it's not good text, it's like text you'd find in Word or something like that. So the poster really put me off. And I thought, if this poster is going to resemble the movie at all, this movie is going to suck. The poster did resemble the movie. This movie was fucking horrible. I hated this movie. It was so boring. And uneventful. And I don't get why people are saying it's a good movie. It's not. I mean, acting... Uh, even the acting, everyone seems bored doing this movie. Bill Murray, uh, he, he just... This was a payday for him, it feels. I don't know, this movie had nothing going for it. I, I got to about half an hour. And and I just... I, I couldn't wait for it to be over. You know, and usually most normal people would turn a film off because they don't have time to waste. Me, I've got a podcast to run it and people to warn not to watch movies. So you're welcome, firstly. Um, <laughs> uh, secondly, uh, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit, I'm going to admit right now that I fell asleep uh, before the before this movie finished. And I woke up during the end part of the credits. And I thought, oh, oh no. Maybe I should go back and, and, and finish. Just so maybe maybe something cool happens at the end. You know, maybe maybe this all wraps up nice in a nice pretty little bow. But um, but there was that 
part of me that thought, oh, fuck, I really, really don't want to have to go back and, and finish what I finish what I started. I, this was like one of the first times that I've never, ever wanted to go back and watch a movie um, and how it finishes. And there was a day or two that I didn't. I left it. I thought, fuck it. I'm, I'm not going to waste my time on a shit movie that I don't care about. And, um... And I didn't. I let it go. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to talk about The Dead Don't Die because it doesn't need it. But yesterday I came home. I'm like, all right. No, you have to warn people that this movie is not one that you should they should watch. But you have to finish it first. So I did. I put it on and I had about 20 minutes left. I had That was it. And, um, and, and I finished watching it. And surprisingly... Nothing fucking happens. It's it, it it ends just as boringly as it starts. This movie was fucking rubbish. Um, I don't I honestly don't think I've ever been so upset about a movie, um, besides the Mummy. <laughs> uh, but this one, I gave it a three out of ten. This oh my god, what a trek! Stay away from the dead, don't die. And I believe this is coming to to cinemas in um, in Australia. If um, I would have been furious if I paid money to see this, uh, I won't tell you how I did see this, but I didn't pay money. So there's that. Yeah, but the dead don't die. Avoid at all costs. My God, what a boring piece of shit. But apart from that, that's it for films I've been watching. I will just mention um, I picked up Slipknot's new album the other day. I know it's not exactly horror, but I mean, if you want to categorize Slipknot in the horror genre, you easily could. I mean, the masks for one. But um, if anyone's out there is a fan of Slipknot, my other show, Baldy and the Wolf Radio, where, where uh, I review albums, is out now. And we uh, talk in depth about the... The um, newest Slipknot album plus the oldest Slipknot album. But if, if you don't want to listen to that, that's fine. Whatever. I won't cry. But um, yeah, I I enjoy it for the most part. It's not their best work in my opinion though. Um, and honestly, it's... it's if I, if I And we do rank these on, on the other show. If we do rank all the Slipknot albums, it's probably my second least favorite album of theirs. I mean, the songs that are hits are really, really good, but it's just a lack of hits, and there's a lot of filler tracks on the album that just, yeah, put it down for me. Still, it's Slipknot. If you're a fan of Slipknot, I say pick it up, um, or just go to Spotify. That's probably the easiest way, but um, yeah. All right, so that's it for What Horrors Have I Done This Week. Let's get into the Horror for Dummies breaking news. This is Horror for Dummies breaking news. So it's just me doing the newsroom this week. Finally, I get a chance to shine. No more Jaleesa for this week anyway. So, coming in with Horror for Dummies breaking news this week, we're going into the world of the Funko Pops yet again. And this time they've announced that they're bringing out the Killer Clowns from Outer Space Funko Pops. This one looks pretty cool. And I think I might have to get it. That depends if it comes out here in Australia because 
Sometimes this shit does not come out here and it is expensive if you look on eBay and other things. So I'm not 100% sure if it will be out. Uh, it's coming out to New York Comic Con, which runs from October 3rd to October 6th. So if you are going to New York Comic Con, maybe you could get me one and send it free of shipping and everything like that. I'll give you a hug over the internet. If you can do that for me, that would be cool. Um, but yeah, Killer Clowns from Outer Space coming into the Funko Pop world. I think I'm like the only person that I know of that collects Funko Pops. Um, speaking of Funko Pops, I forgot to report that it was Father's Day here last weekend in Australia. And my little ch children bought me a Pennywise Funko Pop, the new Pennywise from uh, Chapter 2. And he's holding a skateboard and it says something cool on it and I can't remember what. But it's a cool little Funko Pop and I've now got the new Pennywise in my collection. So yay. I've got a rule about Funkos is I can only get one of character. So like there's, I don't know, there's like 16 different Pennywises out. But I'm only allowed to get one of them. Otherwise I'm just going to run out of money and I won't be able to uh, get them all. So uh, coming in, our next story is The Travel Channel Hunts for a Legend This month with two-hour special Loch Ness Monster New Evidence This is something that I'm excited for I'm a fan of those, um, those I don't know what you call them Myths and legends like Bigfoot, Loch Ness And all the creatures in the world that people say aren't real I, I, I believe that there is something in this world that we don't know. I mean, take for take the Loch Ness, for example. I believe that there's something, maybe not in that water, but there's definitely something in the oceans that we have not discovered yet. I mean, what do they say? Like, some percentage of our oceans have not been explored yet? Dude, there's a fucking Megalodon down there, for sure. I don't know. Maybe not a Megalodon, but I'm sure that there's creatures that we have no idea exist um, that some people would refer to as monsters. Uh, in saying this, this is actually pretty cool. I'll read you the report on Bloody Disgusting. Um, it's, it says, if the monster is real, we may soon find out. Here's everything you need to know about the Travel Channel's special Loch Ness Monster New Evidence. Tales of a monster lurking beneath the waves of Loch Ness have terrified people in the Scottish Highlands for centuries. Now, Dr. Neil Gemmell of the University of Otago in New Zealand uses a cutting-edge scientific technique called environmental DNA to unravel this centuries-old mystery. Uh, it just goes on when it's going to be premiering and all that stuff. Premiering on September 15th on the Discovery Channel. I, uh, I'm actually interested in this. I may have to give it a a watch. I don't know. I, I believe that there's something there. It may not be like a, a prehistoric dinosaur, but it may be an overgrown eel. Who, who am I to say that there's not something in those waters? I, for one, hope there is. I, I, I for one, believe that there is more than meets the eye. Fuck. There might be werewolves in the world. Who knows? You know? Uh, our last news story, and this is something that I'm really into, is <laughs> rip and tear into Doom blue uh, Bone Vodka. Who's played the video game Doom? 
I'm pretty sure if you were born in the late 80s, early 90s, you probably played Doom at some stage in your life. Doom was a video game that was highly successful and still going to this day, and now they're coming into the alcohol market. Doom is bringing out their own vodka called Bone Vodka, and it has more than just the name of Bone. Um, the Bone Vodka has an organic wheat base as well as dry earthly start on the plate with wonderful... I don't know what the fuck this thing is going on about, but apparently it's... Um, its process is beef bones are roasted and smoked, their marrow extracted and um, mixed with the alcohol, which sounds gross, but I've been willing to uh, give it a go. Um, apparently, this is coming. Let me just read this quickly. Um, it says here, the bummer part is that this is a limited edition vodka, which will only be shipped to the UK and Australia. Holy fuck, we actually get something. I might have to pick this up. And apparently it's only 45 pounds. I don't know what that is in the Australian dollar, but it's uh, enough for me. So I might have to try some uh, Doom Bone Vodka. That's kind of a tongue tie to say that, Doom Bone Vodka. Not really, I'm just spastic. But yeah, if I get some, I will take many shots for the people who can't get some. So yeah, that is it. Oh, actually, before I before I go, I did just read one little piece of news that has just broken and is kind of uh, scary. Captain Spaulding, we all know him, we all love him, he's uh, played by Sid Haig, has been admitted to uh, hospital in ICU following an accident. Now, the details are very thin at the moment, but his wife has taken to Twitter saying that he is in hospital and to send prayers. So, hopefully all is well with Sid Haig. I like Sid Haig. Uh, Obviously, most notable for... Captain Sporting, but man, that guy has fucking been around, and he's, what is he, he'd be pushing 70 something now, let's just check up, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's, 1939, so fuck, do the math, he's old, (laughs) but he has been in his fair share of movies, Um, and if you go on his IMDb list, a lot of those are low budget horror films, so he is one of us, a horror hound at heart. So, prayers to Sid Haig. Hope you get better, brother. Um, But, yeah. That is it for Horror for Dummies breaking news. I think it's time to get into the madness. Back in with the madness once again. The franchise fights continues. I don't know if you guys can hear that in the background, but my dog is snoring like a motherfucker behind me, and I'm not going to lie, it's kind of freaking me out. I'm not a dog person, to to be honest with you. Dogs aren't really my thing. I, I mean, yeah, I have one. It's it's Jaleesa's dog, but I don't know. They, they make weird noises, and it freaks me out. But uh, yeah, so sorry if you can hear my dog snoring right now. Uh, Alright, so the franchise fights continues and we had The Conjuring Universe versing the Evil Dead franchise. This one was tough. I'm not going to lie, just on paper it's a tough matchup. But we had a lot of people coming in with their thoughts. Um, We have a few. So, Jonathan Dyer says, 
In my opinion, the Conjuring universe currently has no equal in horror circles. In a word, it is epic. The chemistry between Lorraine and Ed Warren binds everything together. I have not enjoyed a horror franchise as much as The Conjuring for as long as I can remember. This is one of New, New Line's finest works. Nice said, Jonathan. Uh, Rob Humphrey. <laughs> I can't believe The Conjuring universe has made it this far. There are more bad movies than good ones. Oh, I wouldn't say bad. I would say meh movies, but that's, that's your opinion, Rob. Uh, Ryan Sorkness says... I believe the Evil Dead franchise is solid throughout. Not one movie is a disappointment. I've got to agree with you there, Ryan. I think uh, most people would agree with you. Beck Rocha comes in. If Conjuring doesn't win, everyone's stupid. <laughs> oh, this is cool. This is neck to neck at the moment. We've had two for Evil Dead, two for the Conjuring universe. Who else is coming in? Alan. Alan Chacha. He says... Ash would make them ghosts his bitch. Um, I mean, if we're talking deadites or anything living, then yeah, Ash would. But can Ash go up against ghosts? I don't know. This would be something interesting in the Terror Dome. But yeah, I think Ash, yeah, Ash is a cooler character than any of the ghosts in the Conjuring universe. I'll give him that. Uh, Anita Birchall says... Hail to the king, baby. So, there we have it. Another Evil Dead fan. Um, and, yeah, for the most part, Evil Dead was uh, more loved. But the winner is, of course, the Evil Dead. Uh, the Evil Dead franchise moves on with 67% of the votes going to it. Um, unfortunately, the Conjuring universe just fell short of this one and is now eliminated from the bracket. So... Goodbye, Conjuring Universe. You did well. I mean, they they, they won. Who did they beat? Um, Saw. They beat the Saw franchise. So they got they got past the first round. Um, so that's good. But yeah, I kind of saw this coming. I think Evil Dead will be one of the ones in the finals, to be honest. Um, I'm really hoping Halloween is not in the finals. I just... It's not a good franchise. I'm sorry. Speaking of new matchups, the matchup for this week is the Poltergeist franchise <laughs> versing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Oh, all right. Now, as I was shitting on Halloween franchise, I, I guess I also have to kind of shit on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. I mean, it's not as discombobulated as the Halloween franchise. I mean, for the most part, uh, the Texas Chainsaw really only has like two timelines where Halloween has like four. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre as a franchise, it has its good ones, it has its bad ones. Now, you can argue where what the bad ones are. I mean, for me, Texas Chainsaw Massacre New Next Generation is a, a, a bonable piece of shit. I, I hate that movie. But there are people in the world who love it. And, and fine, if that's your thing, go for it. Uh, but I... I can't get on board with it. Um, but there are people who hate the remake. I, on the other hand, love the remake. So it's really neck to neck. Poltergeist, on the other hand, now, we spoke about our thoughts on Poltergeist last week, and um, 
it's 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 a well-made film and all that stuff, but I don't think it holds up, as I said last week. So for me, this one's easy. I'm going to take Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just for the simple fact that the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of the greatest horror films to come out, and that's just not just me saying that. That's what a lot of horror fans and and filmmakers alike genuinely believe. So for that fact alone, and for the fact that I'm dressing up as Leatherface for Halloween this year, um, I'm taking the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But it's not up to me. It's not up to Jaleesa or Ben or any other fucking hosts on this show. It's up to you guys. You guys have the power to move a franchise forward and to say goodbye to the other one. So to do that, all you have to do is go to the Horror for Dummies Facebook page and click which picture you uh which, which picture you want to advance and leave us a comment tell us why you think that franchise is better than the other it's always cool to read people's opinions all right so uh we have what do we have left to do we have the 90s top 10 90s films to talk about and then we're going to talk about it chapter two so i figured because it chapter two will contain spoilers at the at the end of it I figured we could leave that till last and we could talk about the 90s films right now. And I'm not going to break this segment up into a a nice little musical cut or anything like that. I'm just going to go straight into it. Um, Just dive in and, and get it over and done with so we can finally talk about it. Now, this... This is something that I thought would be fun to do because the 90s decade is a decade that I shit on a lot. And I mean, making this list, I'm looking back at some of the films that that I put down and I made a list of 20 films because, I don't know, it just made it a lot easier. But I'm mentioning the first 10. I'm going to mention some honorable mentions, um, but we're really talking about the 10. Now, this is my personal list. And I'm not saying that this is the top 10 best 90s horror films out there and everyone's other list is stupid. This is my personal list. So there will be people who disagree with me. And I'm going to come straight out and say it. The Silence of the Lambs is not on my list. It's a, it's a great film. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. But for me, it's just it's not one that I revisit all the time or anything like that. And there are other, there are other 90s films that people would definitely, definitely have that just are not on my list either because they're not films that I revisit. So I couldn't exactly, you know, put them on my list. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm going to give you my personal favorites. So let's talk about some honorable mentions before we go into our top 10 lists. And to, to start that honorable mention, a film that I had to put down as one of my favorites, but it doesn't make the top 10, is The Sixth Sense. And for the fact that rewatchability on that film is really, really tough. I mean, it, once you know the, um, the twist, you kind of don't really need to visit that film again. Yes, it's a great film, but... It's not one that you can watch over and over again and it will have the same impact. So it just didn't make my list. Another one is The Craft. The Craft is another great film, but it didn't make my list because I just feel it doesn't have that rewatchability. Other people out there will disagree with me, I'm sure of it. But for me, it just didn't cut it. 
Now, I'll give you the, the rest of my honorable mentions, but I won't say too much about them because I want to get into this top 10. So the other honorable mentions were Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, The Craft, Thinner, Leprechaun, From Dust Till Dawn, Child's Play 2, Anaconda, and Gremlins 2, The New Batch. All great films that I love dearly, but just didn't make my top 10. Alright, so let's start it off with number 10. The f- <laughs> Coming in at number 10, the first film uh, from 1999, first of our four, I believe. 1999 was actually not a bad year for horror films, in my opinion. Idle Hands. Um, this one was a lot of fun. I mean, you had all the all the crazy actors, um, Devon Sawyer, Jessica Alba, and then you had the offspring, um, <laughs> the, the Dexter Holland from the offspring getting um, scalped. It's just an all-round fun film. I, I really enjoy this one. Seth Green is great in it, and it's a cool story. Number nine, another one from 1999, and we previously talked about this, was Lake Placid. I had a lot of fun revisiting this, and I realized that it's such a it's such a well made film, and the the effects really hold up, which is um, which is crazy because it's twenty years old now, and they still look really decent. So uh, Lake Placid comes in at number nine. Number eight, we have another animal attack film. You're gonna see a little bit of a trend in this top ten, by the way, um, with animals and horror films. But number eight. From 1996, we have The Ghost and the Darkness. We talked about this a few episodes ago on our Lions and Tigers episodes. And uh, if you didn't catch that, you um, well, you're finding out now that I fucking love this film. Two lions go crazy on 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 African people, and and it's just good round fun. It's it's a true. It's based on a true story. But it's just a great film. Lions just killing it and killing everyone. And Val Kilmer, and um, he just kills it as as uh, James Patterson. But it's just a really fun animal attack film. Number seven, we have Wes Craven's New Nightmare. This is a film that I didn't see till I was a lot lot uh, later in life. Uh, it wasn't one of the, the Freddy films that I chose to watch because I didn't really know this film existed. And it, it, yes, it's a Freddy Krueger film, but it's not like the Freddy Krueger that we know and love. It's a different take on, on the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, story. Um, but this one, it does it so well. It completely turns the the Freddy uh, mythos on its head and, and just comes up with a, with a really cool idea and executes it well in saying that i wasn't a huge fan on the way freddie looked i didn't i didn't think his his scarring on his face was all that great um but the rest of the film was really really cool number six we have from 1992 candy man i'm going to save you the trouble of saying candy man numerous times but this is a film that Oh man, it's it's gorgeous. From the score, the the theme song to Candyman is actually my alarm tone to wake up, which uh, I think Jaleesa is fucking sick of, to be honest. But it's gonna stay that way because it's such a good, an awesome, creepy, and beautiful score that just radiates throughout the movie and just really, really makes it one of my favorites. Um, the character of Candyman, like Tony Todd just plays this so good and so eerily 
and creepy and 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 what he did with the bees is just man I, I don't think i could do that put the bees like real life real live bees in your mouth yeah he was paid a lot of money but to have real live bees in your mouth i don't know if i could do that you know <laughs> uh but yes tony todd as the candy man he kills it but the character of candy man is such a cool and unique character and i'm really looking forward to the uh the new candy man coming out next year I think Jordan Peele is going to do some really cool things with that character and that story. Number five, we're coming into the top five from the 90s. And number five, we are going back to 1996 and we're looking at Scream. <laughs> I, I'm actually shocked that I'm saying Scream is in my top five 90 films because when I first saw Scream, I wasn't a fan. And I think it was because it kind of... At the time, I thought it was making fun of the horror genre. I mean, you had Ghostface, who's just a stupid teenager who used to trip over and do things like that. And I used to, I used to think he was, it was making fun of the genre. Now looking, now looking at it, it's it's not that in the slightest, and it, it's such a such a, a good modern slasher. I don't know if you, can you call it a modern slasher anymore? Not really. I mean, it's over 20 years old, but um, it still holds up. It's still such a good film. And that opening with Drew Barrymore, God damn. It's not just shocking because it's Drew Barrymore. It's also so fucking bloodthirsty what he does to her. And you see it straight out. You see what he does to her. And it's, it's brutal. <laughs> Number four. We're going back to 1999 and we're talking about Sleepy Hollow. This is a film that I must watch every Halloween season because of the atmosphere and the set designs. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous film. Uh, I love the story. I love the Headless Horseman. Johnny Depp. I, I honestly believe this is one of Johnny Depp's best roles. Um he kills it. Christopher Walken, who I usually piss myself watching, even if he's doing a serious role, he just makes me laugh. But he comes off really creepy. I think it's those teeth. It has to be those teeth. But he just absolutely kills it in this movie. And I love the story. Plus, it's got my, my girlfriend, Christina Ricci. Um, I, I love her. I've had a crush on her since I was a young child after seeing Casper. Um, but it, it's just a, such a solid film. Number three, from 1995, we have Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Oh, man, this one was close. Oh, man, the next three could easily be my number one because they're, they're, they're such solid films, and I love all three of them. But I had to make sacrifices, so Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight comes in at number three. It's such a good film. Billy Zane... What the fuck happened to Billy Zane? Man, I miss that guy. I really liked him as an actor. And I think he does such a good job in this movie. Plus, this, this, the story is, is so fun. It's a lot of fun. You have gore. You have boobs. You have everything you want in a horror film. Plus, you have the Crypt Keeper, who um, is, is just... I, I love Tales from the Crypt, the series. I mean the theme song alone is just so much fun and this is another one that is needed around halloween season so you know i'm going to be re-watching it um soon number two 
we have the last one from 1999, and yet again, another Animal Attacks film. We have Deep Blue Sea. Yes, I know. Of course me. Of course I had to pick a shark film, but this is one that I fucking love. And it's not just because of the sharks. Okay, yeah, it's because of the sharks. Straight up. I'm not going to lie. This one... (laughs) Uh, But what I liked about this film is it wasn't Great White Sharks, but at the same time it was because they were monstrous Mako sharks, and Mako sharks don't get that big. So they're still threatening, but some of the scenes in this movie are really frightening. When you have um, the main actor, and I can't remember his name. He's in a lot of movies, um, but he's swimming, and then you see the the massive fuck-off Mako shark behind him swimming towards him. That shit is scary, man. Um, But this movie as a whole is a lot of fun. But stay away from that fucking sequel. Deep Blue Sea 2 is an abomination to all shark. I'd rather watch Sharknado or Sharktopus than watch Deep Blue Sea 2 again. That's how much I hated that. So, yeah. Number two is Deep Blue Sea. And for my number one film from the 90s, we're going back to 1990 the first year of the 90s, and I could not, I knew straight away, as soon as I started making this list, as soon as I announced that I was doing this, I knew what my number one film was, and that of course is Misery. Stephen King's Misery, I fucking love this film, I love everything about it, Kathy Bates is just uh, beyond words, her performance is phenomenal. Just... Not just her performance, but the dialogue uh, written for her is so good. Um, I love all the kooky, weird things that she she says. Um, James Kahn is is once again just a phenomenal brings a phenomenal performance into this. I love everything about this, and I won't go into the hobbling scene because that shit makes my blood run cold. Oh my god, I have I, I'm known to uh, roll my ankle at times. And just ankle trauma really gets me. So, yeah, that is a, a, <laughs> a film that I, I can put on at any time. Uh, it, it, I, I know it word for word. It, it's, in, it's probably in my top 10 favorite films of all time. So, yeah, Misery at number one. And that is it for my top 10 films from the uh, 90s decade. If you have your top 10 films from the 90s, let us know. Let me know what your top 10 are. Um, I'm sure that people will be pissed off that I didn't put the Blair Witch Project in there. I don't like that film. It's boring to me. Um, And once again, Silence of the Lambs. There's there's ones that I've missed that I just didn't put on there. Uh, Event Horizon. I didn't put Event Horizon on there because I haven't seen it for a number of years and I don't exactly remember it. I mean, if I rewatched it, it might have might have been in there, but I just didn't have time to rewatch it. So, I mean, if I was going to do this properly um, and give me a couple months to watch all these good classic 90s films, my list might be different. But as of right now, that's my list. Uh, it's just something stupid that I put together. So if you want to tell me yours, please do. I'd be honestly interested to hear what uh, people have to say. All right. It's that time of the show where we talk about feature presentation. And now for our feature presentation. 
Something happens to you when you leave this town. The farther away, the hazier it all gets. But me, I never left. I remember all of it. again. talking about it chapter two which was just released this week you know i just realized something just then as i as i press record this is horror for dummies two-year anniversary our first episode of horror for dummies we uh spoke about it the first it um so it just dawned on me that <laughs> that the, the date is right that this is horror for dummies second birthday so happy birthday to us woo we made it for two years um in, in, a, in a perfect world i really should have done this better and and made it chapter two episode 100 but ah what are you gonna do at least you get something uh, but we're talking about it chapter two now if you don't know what it chapter two is uh you've been living under a rock but i'll tell you the plot synopsis anyway 27 years after their first encounter with the terrifying Pennywise, the Loser Club has grown up and moved away until a devastating phone call brings them back. I'm, I'm pretty sure that everyone knows the story of, uh, of It and Pennywise. Um, and if you haven't seen the miniseries, this is the adult version of the Loser's Club side of the story. So we're getting into that. Alright, so this is once again directed by Andy Muschietti who did the first uh, first It from 2017. He also directed Mama and uh, other films such as that. This stars 
Jessica Chastain as Beverly Marsh, James McAvoy as Bill, Bill Hader as Richie, uh, oh, oh shit, how do you fuck you pronounce that name? Isaiah Mustafa as Mike, I think I got it, I think. Jay Ryan as Ben, you got James Ransone as Eddie, Andy Bean as Stanley, um, then you have Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise returning again, then you got the usual other people, but another person on this was Teach Grant, who played adult version of Henry Bowers. Alright, so how we're going to do this right now is um, I'm going to talk about this movie in spoiler-free talk. So people out there, and I know it is really, really fresh, but people out there who probably haven't seen this movie yet, if you um, if you want to listen, awesome. I'm going to keep this 100% spoiler-free. I'm not going to tell you anything that happens in it. Um, I'm not even going to talk about the miniseries um, from, the, from the early 90s. Um, I completely forgot about the miniseries in my top 10 90s. That might have made it too. Uh, who cares? Um, but yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything like that. So don't feel threatened and don't worry. I will not ruin the movie for you. But after that, I'm going to go into spoiler full, <laughs> spoiler full uh, discussion. Uh, but I will, I will break the music. Uh, I'll let Stone Cold come down and, and and tell everyone that it's spoiler time. So you have plenty of warning to get out before you uh, hear any spoilers. Cool. All right. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about it. This movie, I, I forgot to mention, this movie has a runtime of two hours and forty nine minutes. Yes, you heard that right. Okay. Before we talk about the actual movie, I need to address my theater experience because if you listen to um, our Annabelle episode, you uh, you might have you might remember mine and Jalisa's theater experience when we went and saw Annabelle, which was not pleasant at all. Um, When I went and saw it, I went by myself. Jalisa was not with me. Um, She had the uh, Bambitos, the babies, but um, I went by myself. I will say it wasn't as bad as the uh, the experience I had with Annabelle, but it wasn't a good experience. I, I, I walked into the cinema, which I thought was going to be empty because that's what the uh, the 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 seating chart said that I was uh, there was there was a group behind me, but that was really it. It was me and a group, but to my dismay, there were a lot more people to come in than I thought. Um, and the one thing that I did notice while watching this movie is I feel like a lot of people hold in their coughs before coming into the cinema. And then once the movie's playing, everyone just seems to cough every fucking five minutes. Oh my God. I, I, I can't watch movies with people anymore. It shits me. But five minutes into this movie, I, I'm on my seat and the movie's, movie's relatively pretty busy it's pretty busy there there are empty seats here and there but they're next to people you know and i don't like sitting next to random people i feel awkward and uncomfortable i like my space you know i like to have an empty seat both sides of me and that's what i have i was in the middle of the cinema two empty seats beside me there was a group of people down the road but that was it i had my room and i was happy okay i had a good seat ready to watch this movie ready to take it all in i was comfortable and off we go Five minutes after the movie started, we had three um, 
New Zealand Maori type blokes who are very large. And when I say very large, if you know me personally, you know that I'm not a small person. I, I have I have love handles and, and, and whatnot. Um, but these guys were probably two to three times the size of me. They would eat me, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I, I, I would... I'd honestly love to know how much they weigh. Uh, it'd be interesting. But anyway, they came and they sat in the row directly in front of me. And when I'm talking directly, I mean straight in front of me. Like the seat directly in front of me. Which bothered me because I like to put my feet up on the on the, on the the seat in front of me. And I couldn't because they were there. But luckily, they weren't as tall to block my view. There was no blockage of the screen or anything like that. So I was like, alright, I'll, I'll let it go. Whatever. I'm, it's not like I can move. I don't want to go sit next to a random person. But then something smelt. I smelt something in the air. And I didn't know if someone farted. Or what the go was, but I started to smell a really, really off-putting smell that kind of smelled like rotting skin or something. It, it it was really, really disgusting. And I noticed that every time I smelt this smell, the guy in front of me was moving. So I put two and two together. This dude in front of me fucking stinks. And it wasn't, and look, I, I can deal with smells. I, I was a butcher for 10 years. I've smelt rotting meat. My nose is, is kind of uh, designed to, to deal with rotting meat and rotting smells like that. But this smell was making me dry reach. It was making me throw up in my mouth a bit. It was that bad. And this movie has a runtime of 2 hours and 49 minutes. This dude is a very, very large man. Uh, I, I, I wonder how he... Because the movie seats in Australia, they're not exactly large and spacious. The ones I was at anyway. So I was wondering, how the fuck is this guy fitting comfortably in this seat? To which I found out later that he must not be. Because as we get into the movie, he kept moving. Obviously because he was uncomfortable. But every time he kept moving the smell off his skin just smacked me in the face like a sledgehammer. I had to watch the movie with my shirt up against, like, un over my nose. And I'm sure there were people watching me thinking, oh, that guy's scared. No, I was not scared. I was trying not to vomit from the smell of this guy. Holy fuck. And I don't know, it got to about uh, probably half an hour before the movie finished, and maybe I was a bit vocal. Maybe I said something. I, I, I can't condone my actions or I can't repeat what I said because honestly I don't remember. But this guy got up and left. Now I don't know. He's either two things. He either hated this movie and was bored and left. He was, or there's three things. Or he was actually uncomfortable, couldn't deal with the seats anymore and left. Or he heard my comment and, <laughs> and was embarrassed and left. Now... I don't care which one it was, but fucking, I was so happy when that guy left. My God, I hope to God that no one ever experiences that smell. Ugh. Anyway, I, I, I figured that I, I'm going to start going to the cinemas at 10 a.m., the earliest session on a Sunday um, morning. You know, I just, I, I hate watching movies with people who have no respect. It just fucking pisses me off. Anyway, all right. <clears throat> Let's talk about it. Now, 
My thoughts going into it. I fucking loved the first It from 2017. As soon as I saw that movie, it was bang smack my number one film from 2017 and stayed that way for the the, the, re- the remaining of the year. So I walked into the cinema not thinking that it was going to be better or anything like that, but I was confident that this was going to be a fun movie. I was going to love it and it was easily going to be, if not my number one, in my top five films of this year. All right, the good things about this film. The casting director in this movie fucking kills it. And I, I, I'm, I just read out who was in this movie. And if you, if you go by looks alone, this, this movie is, is spot on bang, perfect with the looks of the adult version of the Loser Club. Um, it's un, it, some, some of the people, the guy who played adult Eddie, it's uncanny how much he looks like he's his kid counterpart. But it's not just in the looks, it's um, it's in the actions and the mannerisms and everything like that that they had with the kids. They get these performances bang, spot on. I, you could not get a better cast for this film. Uh, everyone, every single person, even the guy that plays adult Henry Bowers, just looked and just did the part perfectly. For that alone... For that alone, that part, that gets a 10 out of 10. That was absolutely perfect. Well done. Another thing I liked about this movie was Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. Once again, he kills it and proves that he is, in fact, better as Pennywise than Tim Curry. I'm going to say it. I'm sorry. Tim Curry as Pennywise was his own thing. He was great. He was funny. But Bill Skarsgård just made... Pennywise menacing, he he made the character creepy, and in this adaptation, chapter two, he made the character more enjoyable. This character, this version of Pennywise was fun. I found myself giggling and laughing at times with what he said, and I really really enjoyed it. On top of of Pennywise, it's the forms of the creature that Pennywise turns into, and and the scenes that set up. I mean. All the scares, okay, this movie, it wasn't scary, but once again, I'm very desensitized. The girl next to me, like two seats down, I don't think she's ever seen a horror movie in her life. Every single sequence, she was jumping out of her seat to things. So, I mean, for some people, this was scary. To me, it wasn't scary, but there were scenes that did creep me out, did make me feel uneasy, and were fucking cool. There were a lot of creatures in this that were really, really cool looking. And I've been reading a lot of reviews about this movie because this movie is very up in the air uh, from what people feel. Some hate it, some love it. But one of the criticisms that I've been hearing a lot about is the CGI looks horrible. I didn't have a problem with the CGI. And another thing that I found out uh, upon finishing the movie is that they digitally de-aged the the young kids in this movie i'm honest i honestly i didn't see it in the movie uh and 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 people pointed it out in their reviews on youtube and i still don't really see it it didn't bother me i mean yeah fine okay they did it and you can tell that some scenes are cgi but it didn't take me out of the film at all so the effects while not perfect they are not perfect, I'm not saying that. They didn't bother me. So, good on them. 
good on them. They did a good job with 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 the with the creatures and the, and the scary scenes. Um, so I like that. There is also a lot of nods to other horror films, and um, uh, and it was actually a lot of fun uh, counting all the different horror films that they nod to. There is one that is very very on on the nose that I I think I laughed out loud at. Um, I probably had a few people stare at me when when it happened, and as soon as it happens, you are going to realize which one I'm talking about. Uh, but I loved what they did with that. Um, on top of that, there's a few cameos in this film that I noticed. Uh, and there were, there were, there was one in particular that I didn't notice until I was reading about it the next day, which, uh, which was cool. So, so there's that. On top of that, this is once again a well-made film. Its cinematography is nice. It's not as good as the first one. I will say that the cinematography in the first one is second to none. But overall, it's an enjoyable film. But it has its problems, and this is where I differ with the with the original uh, 2017 it, <clears throat> because I came out of the 2017 it thinking it didn't have any problems. I gave it a 10 out of 10 upon walking out, um, whereas this one, I, I I felt somewhat disappointed with a few things. Um, one of the things, and I know this is what everyone's saying, but for me, it was too long. Almost Coming in at almost three hours, there were scenes that dragged on that could have been cut down and could have made this runtime a bit smoother and a a bit quicker um i'm okay with a long movie you know give me a long movie with a lot of action or stuff and i'll fucking love it but some of this scenes some of the scenes really dragged out and um ultimately kind of it made me look at my watch a couple of times thinking fuck how long does this movie have left you know but in saying that this is a long movie and it was it did drag at times but there are and this is probably my biggest problem with the film is there are scenes um and there are parts in the movie that they they kind of rushed and i wanted more of um in particular the the characters the adult characters We, we we really just pan over who they are who they've become and everything like that and i i I didn't like that. You know, there were parts of this movie that I th- I wish they fleshed out more and wish they told more of a story, but they kind of just hurried it up to get back into the action. And 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 because of that, um, because of that, they kind of just disregarded any atmosphere or any emotional uh, level or anything like that. So. Uh, that really, really bothered me. In saying, and once again, in saying that, this film is completely empty on an emotional level. There were scenes in this movie that should have had me bawling my eyes out, and I expected, I knew going in because I've watched the miniseries and I and I know the story. There are scenes going in that I knew what was going to happen. That I was ready for tears to come out of my eyes, and it didn't. It didn't even come close. You know, today at home, I had to look after the, the the kids and we sat down and watched Charlotte's Web, 
you know, the uh, the real live-action Charlotte's Web. And that movie made me cry when Charlotte dies in that movie. Um, I had tears coming out of my eyes for that part, but it Chapter 2 struggled to, to bring tears out of my eyes, which it really could have if done well. But, yeah, it didn't. Um, another problem I have with this film is there's not much Pennywise. I mean, yeah, we get Pennywise, but as Pennywise the Clown, there isn't much of him. In saying that, like, it, it, it's because of its runtime. In comparison to its runtime with how much Pennywise you get, you really kind of miss seeing the clown. I, I felt like we really could have used more Pennywise the Clown. Yes, there are a lot of Pennywise as other characters as other as other entities and all that stuff but as the clown we real I, I i found i found myself missing him so i was a bit i was a bit let down with that um this is a mainstream big blocks big blockbuster film and as all mainstream big blockbuster big blockbuster horror films do is they 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 tend to go the predictable route and make things really easy for us to figure out and this is no different this came off very predictable i was guessing what was going to happen in the next scene and and not just guessing what was going to happen but guessing when and guessing uh other things and they all kind of came true and and it's not i'm not trying to big note myself oh the big horror guy knows everything no i i feel like most people can see what is going to happen in the next scene it it's not it's it's not hard to guess i think everyone has seen a horror film before and can kind of guess where it's going to go so i wanted more um unpredictability with my film and that's something that i didn't exactly get another thing that really bothered me with this film and and i know it sounds like i'm shitting on this film a lot um but i'll get to that in a second A, a lot of this film was repetitive and not just not just repetitive within itself but repetitive from the first film um i found that they did a lot of the stuff that they do in the first film and i'm like I didn't really want to sit down and watch it from 2017 again. You know, I wanted a new version, but there were a lot of things that they did that that, that they could have done something different and something better, but they chose to go that route and whatever, fine, but it just, yeah, it came off too repetitive. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm. I, it sounds like I'm poo-pooing this movie. I'm not. I, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Because it is still a fun movie. There are a lot of scenes that I um, that I loved. I really, really enjoyed. But I think maybe I went in with too high an expectation, and I came out not not uh, not getting what I expected. You know. So look, this is, and I've seen. I've heard a lot of people have exactly the same thoughts as I have and then went to see it again and came out loving it and 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 people telling me that you need to go see it again because it will hit you the second time and and cause you to like it so look Julissa hasn't seen it I think I'm gonna go have to, have to go back to the cinemas and watch it again and I hope I really hope that my view changes but as of right now this didn't even come in in my top five favorite films of 2019 which is something that I thought definitely would do. Um, 
unfortunately, um, I don't know, this... I think because of its runtime, its rewatchability is going to be tough because it's a slog to get through. Um, but yeah, look, should you go see it, Chapter 2 at the cinemas, I think you should. I honestly think everyone should give it a go. If you are a fan of Pennywise or the It um, miniseries or the It book or anything like that, um, this is definitely one that you should check out because it is a good film. It is. I'm not saying it isn't, but I just expected a damn near perfect film, which is not what I got. So 7 out of 10 for me for It. Go and see it. Get your own thoughts. Don't listen to anyone's opinion because some people are giving this a 1 out of 10, which is stupid. People who give films such as this a 1 out of 10 have no idea about the process of filmmaking or, or anything like that. It's it's just ridiculous. Anyway, all right, so what we're going to do now is that is my review for IT Chapter 2. We are going to um, say goodbye and we're going to come in with spoilers. So... This has been it for Horror for Dummies episode 93. We uh, we thank everyone for, you know, we thank everyone for being with us for two years, our two year anniversary, our two year birthday. Thank you to everyone who's uh, listened to every episode or even just one episode. Uh, your support has been awesome. Your support has been great. I've made a lot of friends doing this show um, and we are going to continue to uh, keep killing and keep pumping out episodes after episodes hopefully get to its third birthday and beyond that um but yes thank you all if you want to get in contact with us you can at the horror for dummies facebook page we have horror for dummies on instagram and we have uh letterboxd if you are uh, uh a member of uh letterboxd app you can find us at horror for dummies um uh, but yeah, stay in contact with us. Tell us what you think. Give us your top 90s films. Um, and next week, <laughs> next week we're going to talk about something interesting. and something that I've been wanting to do for a while. Because we're going to talk about Jaleesa's worst fear. And her worst fear is spiders. She fucking hates spiders. And she'll tell you more next week. Uh, as we go into it. But we're going to look at three different spider films. And those films are... Arachnophobia, Eight-Legged Freaks, and the newest spider film, Itsy Bitsy. So keep a lookout for that episode coming out next week. But until then, if you don't want to listen to spoilers, turn off now. If you do, I'll see you on the other side. Goodbye. Stone Cold, break that music. Spoiler alert, oh yeah, oh yeah. Spoiler alert, oh yeah. Spoiler alert, oh yeah, oh yeah. Spoiler alert, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, yeah. Okay, so we are in spoiler territory now, and if you have not seen it, chapter two, I advise you to turn this off. That's your last warning. Alright, so it chapter two, it starts off in a carnival. And a, uh, a guy is playing some type of carnival game, you know, where you need to get the water into the clown's mouth. And he, um, he then meets his, his, we find out it's his boyfriend, they kiss. And we get this, this gay bashing scene. Now, 
that's fine if you if you want to do that. I I had a bit of a problem with this scene, and not because it's gay or anything like that, but what does it do for the rest of the movie? You know, it doesn't come up at all. Yeah, okay, all it really is done for is that Pennywise kills this guy. Like, couldn't we have done something else? I feel like it was just, I don't know. I don't know that it's it's a true story. I found that out today. This is something that did happen in, in Stephen King's hometown of Bangor, Maine, that um, this story did in fact happen to homosexual males were bashed and, and chucked over a bridge. So I get that, but why was this added into the movie? It didn't really serve a purpose or anything like that. I, I, I thought this was going to come around and lead to something, but all it really did was give you the first look at Pennywise and, and let Pennywise eat someone. So, okay, that's fine and all, whatever you want to do. Um, but it is alluded later on in the film of one of the characters, Richie Tozer, that he has a secret. Now, I didn't pick this up. <laughs> And I, and I heard Pennywise say, I, I, I know your secret. And he doesn't say what the secret is. And, 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 and then he kind of, I kind of forgot about it. And I'm like, after leaving the cinema, I'm like, oh, wait, what was Richie's secret? And then it dawned on me that Richie Tozer is gay. He's a homosexual. It, it, it's alluded. And then you see uh, a part at the end where where young Richie is, 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 is carving his name and R plus E on the, on the, on the thing. And I think it's alluded to that, that Richie is, is homosexual, which is fine. Um, that's, that's all good and dandy. But yeah, once again, I didn't really follow why, why did you put the gay bashing in? That, that's, <laughs> okay, whatever, whatever you want to do. Um, let's talk about the, the one thing that everyone knew going into this film, which was Stanley's death. Stanley, of course, for, um, gets a phone call from Mike saying that it is back. It, referring to Pennywise, it is back and he needs to come back to Derry. Um, to which Stanley then sits in the bathtub and slits his, his wrists. And we all knew that this was going to be in the movie because it's in the miniseries, it's in the book and it kind of plays a pivotal role in the story. So we all knew that that part was going to be in the movie. And and this is the part that I was explaining to in the spoiler free talk is that I expected a, a, an emotional roller coaster with that happening and I didn't. I felt that the death was kind of rushed. They 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 really just glance over it. I mean, yes, it comes back in during the movies at certain points, but the the initial death scene is very very quick and just just panned over. It's like oh, that's it. You don't see it happen. All you see is just his blood in a bathtub, and that's cool. Like I don't need to see him slit slit his wrists or anything like that. Like I'm not that sick, but I felt that there was no emotion in it at all. We didn't see this this the fear or the sadness from from Stanley's face or anything like that. Um. And, and once again, yeah, you get into it later during the movie as, as to why he did it and, and all that stuff, and that's fine. But the initial time that he did it, that there's nothing. And then you, you, we, 
we're there when the when the loser clubs find out that he is in fact dead and once again there's nothing there's no emotion from the losers at all and that does come back later on in the movie where they get a bit emotional but at the time of hearing his death it's kind of like a shrug on the shoulders oh, okay well there's that so i was uh, that really kind of lost me and it, it disappointed me a lot a lot um you know one scene from the miniseries, and, and I'm not talking about the book because I haven't read the book, but in the miniseries we start off the um, adults, uh, the adult part with a little girl riding her tricycle or bike around uh, around laundry, and and you see it just grab her and all that stuff, and the police reports say it was just grisly and gruesome. I was kind of hoping for something like that, and we don't get anything like that like yes you see kids killed in it but um but that scene there i was kind of hoping for that particular scene i was excited to see how they're gonna update it was it gonna be like the georgie scene or anything like that and, and that just wasn't in the movie at all so that that kind of um i don't know that kind of upset me that it wasn't in there um, the Horan Huds, and, and as I was alluding to in the spoiler-free talk, with the with the big one, obviously being the thing where Stanley's head turns into the spider, and then you have Richie, <laughs> Richie giving that awesome line, um, "You've got to be fucking kidding me!" I, I I laughed out loud for that part. I thought that was great, but there are other um, nods to other various horror films. Um, the other one being The Shining. Uh, with uh, Here's Johnny, which shocks me because Stephen King hated that film. And I, I don't know, I haven't read The Shining book, I don't know if that line is in the book or what whatnot, but yeah, I, I thought of that when watching it. I'm like, huh, maybe he's come around, maybe he's alright with, um, with the Stanley Kubrick Shining version. Let's get to the ending of this movie though, and this was... This was what I saw so many people comment on when the when the first trailer of this movie was released. Was the was the spider going to be in it? Because really, the spider in the miniseries is the is the one thing that lets people down, um, and really doesn't look good. I mean, it, the, the graphics for the time like they they are really dated in the miniseries, but this was something that people were worried about. Um, and when I say people, I, I mainly mean me. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, and I know it's in the book, I know it's in the book, but I kind of wanted something different than the spider. And we get the spider. And it's cool. It's cool. But I, yeah, I wanted something different. I, um, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't click with me the way Pennywise spider really looked. Um, but yeah, and, and, and then you get the, the scenes in this movie that were really predictable, such as Eddie dying. Like if you did not see Eddie getting stabbed through in the chest, that you, you, you really don't watch many films because that was a, that was a, that was a red herring straight up when he's got his back turned to Pennywise saying, I killed it. I killed it. You knew that he was going to get stabbed through the chest. Okay. If you ever kill someone, don't turn your back on it and say, I killed it. I killed it because you know, it's going to come back and kill you. Horror 101 people. My God, how they defeated Pennywise. And people kept saying like reviews of coming in saying 
the ending to this movie really wraps up nicely. I disagree. I really didn't like how they defeated Pennywise. I mean, they defeated Pennywise pretty much the exact same way they do in the first chapter. All they do is they, they, they basically turn their back and say, you're not scary, I'm not scared of you. And Pennywise backs up and, 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 and turns from a giant spider into a shriveling little Benjamin Button man. And it's like, you're just rehashing the same shit that you did in the first film. And this isn't the first time. You had Eddie with the um, with the diseased guy who comes back and it's like, you, you're just throwing the same monster in our face again, the same scare. And it's like, we've seen this. Stop reusing material. Bring us something different, something exciting. And I just, I felt they did that a lot during this movie. The, th- the thing is, when they kill Pennywise, they're, they're explaining their plan to each other right in front of Pennywise. And Pennywise there laughing, going, oh, that's not going to work. But then they do it, and Pennywise gets scared. It's like, you just heard them talk about this plan. You know that they're not telling the truth, and they are scared of you. So why are you... <laughs> I don't know. I just don't get it. I didn't like the ending. It just, it didn't click for me. And to be perfectly honest with you, I don't honestly think that this is the end of Pennywise. I think that they're going to come around and 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 give us a third movie. And I, I know Andy Machete has said there could be a third It. And do I want that? I don't know. I don't know if I want a third It. I mean, yes. But what more could you do? I mean, it comes back every 27 years. What, the loser clubs are going to be in their in their 70s or 60s, whatever? I don't want grandpas versing Pennywise. That's just... And I, and I know you could get a whole new set of characters, but that just defeats the purpose on a third film. It just wouldn't have the same connection. And I really don't want a franchise out of this character because I can see it turning into something like how Freddy Krueger was. In the, in the later years. So, yeah. Um, going back to what I said about the runtime. I get that this is such a big book that you did need that type of runtime. But, and, and, and this is something that a lot of people say. A lot of people say that this would be great as a TV series. And at the time, I was like, nah, I'm so done with TV series. Everything's getting a TV series. But this is actually something that really could have benefited with a TV series. They really could have fleshed everything out. And I think it could have been cool, like uh, Haunting of Hill House type thing. So maybe, I don't know, if they... I don't know. If, if they ever redo it, which I don't think they will, but who knows? Who knows what Hollywood has in store? If they ever redo it, I think a TV series of this book would do wonders. I think that would be cool. Or break it up into an hour and a half movies and give us four different movies you know look it's not a horrible film i just expected more um i did have a lot of problems with it but at the same time i did have a lot of fun with it so look that's all i'm gonna say about it chapter two go and check it out all right guys thank you so much once again uh i'm gonna leave you now you know where to find us if you listened earlier i'm gonna leave you with slipknot's uh, one of their latest songs, my favorite off the uh, off the album, Nero Forte. So enjoy. We'll catch you for um, Arachnophobia. 
uh, I don't know. I'm going to give it a cool name, the, the Spider episode. Uh, we'll catch you with that next week. But until then, yep. Bye!